So, World Slow. War Three. Are you ready? Slow news week there, Joe. Slow news week, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Slow news week. I was yeah. thinking we might discuss today Biden's new Supreme Court nominee. Yeah, why not? That's a good one, yeah. 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 What do you think? Uh, I have uh, an opinion on that. Uh, is, that a, is that an African-American? It is. Okay, well, that's yeah. good. That's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah. And um, what about the COVID? Will we talk about the COVID for an hour? <sighs> sure, why not? We've yeah. done it for two years, yeah. you know? What about some uh, vac- a little bit more vaccine it. updates? No. There's not much let's, else Let's see. On. What do people in the chat want us to talk about? I don't know. Yeah, COVID, COVID, okay. Uh, or, yeah. Yeah, yeah they want COVID apparently. Uh, no, obviously, uh, we're joking. Uh, it's the, what we'll be talking about today, and maybe for a while, will be the fog of war. That phrase, the fog of war. Um, very applicable right now, although it's more like a pea soup of war. Yeah. Uh Especially in the current current media um, atmosphere, or, or the way in which the global media works these days, it's never been worse in terms of trying to figure out or understand what's actually going on. Um, this is very much a good guys versus bad guys, as far as the media is concerned, is oversimplified, and, and in this case, ridiculously oversimplified uh, narrative. But we in the West are good and. Russians are evil. Uh, I mean, leaving aside any affiliations or whatever, just that simple, no matter what situation, no matter what war you're in, um, that simple black and white goodies versus baddies is always wrong. You know what I mean? Always. When, yeah. when, when it's applied across the board, right from top to bottom, it's always wrong. And why anybody would be happy with that, it would be happy. So many people are happy to go along with it, but it's it's ridiculous. It's just... it's. It's just wrong well, it's, on it's the face of it, you know what I mean? Decades of Marvel comics and uh, evil empires. Yeah. Uh, Hollywoodish portrayal is paying off, you right. know? Um, and not only that, but... People really do see the world in those terms. Ten years of demonization of Russia in this specific context, obviously, yeah. has, has come to fruition as well. I mean, yeah. people don't realize it. And, you know, they pick it up as, uh, as, they, as they've gone along over the past ten years. they picked up, obviously... There's been some pretty high-profile cases where Russia has been pe- presented, and Putin in particular himself, presented as the arch-nemesis or the arch-evil villain, and then it went away, you know, but that stayed with people, you know, and it, like I said, it's now all of those those various different times which we talked about. We talked about in last week's show, actually, the various different episodes over the past 10 years or so where Russia has and, and Putin have been demonized in an extreme way. Um, that, that stays with people, and now it's, it's all ready to come out. It's It's... it's Preformed and ready to go type thing. Yeah. All it needs is one little headline from CNN or, or whoever, and people know exactly what's going on, you know? Yeah. Um, when in fact, it's utter horseshit for the most part. Um, quick example maybe of... Um, well, I'll give you... I'll give you um, what, do I, what do we have here? There's a JPEG, I think, Scotty. Yeah, news coverage. I just wanted to comment on this. It's, I took it from the BBC. It's a JPEG called News Coverage Ukraine. Um, and this <clears throat> is from a couple of days ago. Yesterday, maybe yesterday. Don't know. Recently, anyway. And I was just scanning through those little that headline and the, and the sub-headlines and the little pictures and all that kind of stuff. And the thing that occurred to me was I wanted to go back to the invasion of Iraq when America launched Shock and Awe on Iraq and on the Iraqi people. And that wonderful term, shock and awe. It was almost positive, you know. You know, 
awe and do so. Well, awe, it's amazing. People, Iraq, Iraqis were amazed at the fact that their 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 cities were being blown to blown to bits and them. Uh, but anyway, so I want, uh, what I wanted to do was I wanted to be in a different reality. For example, I jump back in time, seventeen years, eighteen years to the invasion of Iraq when they launched it, and see this is from the BBC, this page, or from CNN or from any other Western media outlet, and I wanted to change all those headlines to. Uh, you know, to that time, for example, and see a page on the BBC or CNN or wherever talking in the immediate, uh, at the time of the Iraq invasion, the attack on Iraq in 2003. And I wanted to see instead of... Uh, Zelensky, Saddam. Well, down on the left there, I wanted to see, uh, is America's invasion going as expected? About Iraq, right? Right. I wanted, to, I wanted to see uh, Saddam's defiant response to invasion in 100 seconds. I wanted to see in pictures Baghdad under attack. I wanted to see tracking America's invasion in maps. I wanted to see fleeing Baghdad or Iraq under cover of darkness. Mm. I wanted to see missiles hitting Baghdad as fight for capital looms. And I wanted to see powerful pictures of Iraqis' lives turned upside down by war. And many, many others. There's, that's just a small example. Mm. But I didn't see that at the time. There was none of that at the time. And yet people in Iraq and Baghdad were experiencing much worse than the people of Ukraine are experiencing right now. But there was no, no, no such uh, sympathy or concern or, or um, you know, kind of anger or questioning of the validity of the U.S. attack on Iraq or anywhere else it's attacked since then. That's never happened. Mm -hmm. So it's all about who you're attacking. Right? There's the good war and the bad war. The good war was destroying Iraq and in the end killing 1.5 million people over the course of 10 years. That's the good war. Mm. The bad war is when Russia does something, whatever it does, doesn't matter if it's invading Ukraine and doing, invading anywhere or attacking anywhere, that's bad. Mm. And all of the people being attacked have to be sympathized with and Russia, the attacker or the invader, has to be demonized. But it's not, you know, so, I mean, it sounds like a simple point, obviously, yeah, well, there are people, our, you know, it's, it's our army, it's our government, so we're going to support it. But it's just an example of the, of the, 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 the extreme bias and complete lack of integrity in terms of, from the media, that, that you know, presents itself as, as an objective, giving an objective viewpoint, or here's what's actually going on. They're not, they're giving a massively biased and massively slanted version of events. Um, and, of course, manipulation, if you just go to C uh, CNN... Manip uh, CNN manipulation uh, JPEG uh, just one example I'm sure you've seen many others yourself but um, see, yeah you know this is from CNN three kids they'll kill us all Ukrainian children talk to CNN as Russian forces get closer to their town you know that's pure manipulation like, I was yeah. getting a child and getting a child to say yeah, they'll kill get, us all to get the child's view of what is happening politically yeah. militarily in, in it's pure Ukraine. manipulation it's ridiculous manipulation and uh, you know Russia has no intention of killing any children and, it's, and it's, as we'll see is is making taking fairly extreme efforts or making fairly extreme efforts to avoid civilian death unlike anything the US has ever done in any of the countries it has invaded over the past 20 years yeah um, yeah so it's just that. that's I mean it's hard to take I know it's we should expect it right that there's going to be We've been looking at this kind of stuff for, for a long time and we're kind of, in a certain sense... Jaded. Jaded or, or numb to it in a certain sense or we expect it. But still, now and again, when I, you know, when I see it happening, it just I'm like, this is, you know, it's just 
it's galling, you know, it, yeah. it disgusts me the way the media, the Western media, uh, lie and manipulate and twist and distort. And they're only too happy over the past number of days to jump on uh, video evidence of certain things happening that uh, and portray them as, you know, you know, present them as in, in, a, in an anti-Russian light. But in fact, almost all of them have had nothing to do with Russia, all the accusations of any videos you saw. We'll, we'll maybe look at a few. But Well, and, do you want to pull that headline up? Because it has a snapshot of stories. And there's some we know about that have been fact-checked. Yeah. We could go through a few of them. Yeah. If, if you put the BBC um, homepage screenshot back up, because the first image shows a, a missile hitting that apartment building yeah. in Kiev. Right. People have seen that. That's not that, – that happened. Missile hit an apartment building. I believe no one was injured or killed because it was empty. empty? Who knows? Not sure. Evacuated? Don't know. Yeah, you can watch the video of that yourself. The um, video is on, on YouTube. But well, that picture shows it. Shows what happened. And, of course, at the time it was presented, it was, I don't know if many outlets actually said this is a Russian missile, but it obviously wasn't a Russian missile. It's, it's almost certainly a Ukrainian anti-aircraft missile that was fired off and went the wrong wrong direction or, or was fired in the wrong direction, yeah. or it was a Ukrainian mortar that was launched. People don't understand. I can't confirm it, but I've seen a video of a missile launch that somebody said if you – Look at the geolocation of the yeah. two places. They're close. Yeah, and it came from So it's from, a ground from launch from Ukrainian. Yeah. Probably the, the guess was, no, again, this is not going to be a pure refutation, re refutation of a claim, but the guess was that it's from an old launcher, an S-300. So the missile in it is from Soviet times. Right. So these things are misfiring, not responding correctly, what have you. Of That's course, th th there's a... There's another edge to it that we don't know whether or not that thing was fired deliberately because, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. as we'll see, the Ukrainians are doing some crazy stuff right now to the point that um, their, their strategy seems to be to draw fire upon residential areas mm -hmm. from I, Russian forces. Yeah, certainly. Um, well, I mean, yeah, they can do that to a certain extent, but they can't. But I mean, they can do it most effectively in major cities like uh, Kiev or or Kharkiv. You know, uh, Kiev's the biggest city in Ukraine, um, the capital, uh, about three million people. Uh, Kharkiv is about half that, but one point five million people north, east of 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 of, of Kiev. But um, a lot of the other towns and cities are, are smaller, and there's been very little. Resistance. You've probably seen a lot of videos of people filming Russian troops entering into their their towns, basically. And the interesting thing about that is, according to the narrative, those people should be shooting at those Russian troops. No, why are they just filming and then closing the window and going about their business? There's no evidence of of these people with, with cameras. Uh, you think if they're, you know, they're supposedly the entire Ukrainian nation is united against this Russian invasion and they're all taking up arms against the. The, the Russian aggressor, aggression, but our aggressor. Yeah. But I haven't seen any videos of I, any Ukrainians in those residential buildings, for example, with one of the weapons, with one of the weapons that yeah. they've been given by their government, supposedly uh, taking pot shots at these Russian troops that they're filming. Yeah, I've, I've seen a video of um, a town in somewhere in Ukraine's east 
where tanks have not been welcomed. People are out, you know, shouting at them and so on and so forth. Sure. Get out, get out. They're but trying to block it. The Russians are, you know, making it. They're not there to stay. They're trying to get through the town. Okay, fine. One or two. But I've seen Occasions. also, there are also videos that are not shown where guy filming a convoy coming through the south of Ukraine, it's been translated, says to them, good to see you guys. We've been waiting for you since 1991. Right, yeah. But there's so, so, there's so few videos of people confronting, a, a couple, you know, women. It's mainly, yeah. I've seen two of, of two different women in two different places complaining at Russian troops. Uh, that's about it. In a, in, a, in, a, in a country of 40 million people, okay, it's not Russia isn't across the entire country, but they've been a, through a lot of towns at this point. And if there was this massive civilian protest against the intrusion of Russian troops into, into the country, the, me the Western media would be all over those yeah. videos and highlighting them. But instead, they're having to kind of make stuff up, basically, about, you know, um, yeah, that's the thing. resistance and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so, been, where are these protests? Yeah. Kiev, Kiev, which was the site, obviously, of the Maidan Revolution 2014. Mm -hmm. Where are the protests now against Russia? Because the forces, for the most part, they're in, they are encircling Kiev, but they're outside the city. Mm -hmm. uh, are they all left? A lot of them have, but mm -hmm. there's something else in that BBC story about the curfew that was imposed. Mm -hmm. The Ukrainian story is that we've imposed a curfew. It's currently like something extreme from uh, 8 p.m. to 5 a.m. or something. Mm -hmm. Supposedly, that's because there are saboteurs at work, i.e. from a, people from among our own population. No Russians have well maybe Russian, Russian saboteurs Russian. coming into the city. Supposedly this is also this is the accusation. The bottom line is there are no Russians in Kiev in the middle of Kiev mm. at this point. They're they've more or less surrounded Kiev at this point, but there's no Russians, no Russian military in in Kiev. But of course there's mass paranoia is being encouraged by the government in order to try and put the population on a war footing, uh, and even to keep to keep them in the city uh, to, by claiming that. You know, there are Russians everywhere around you. Be careful. Stay inside. And they've even said Klitschko, the, the boxer the, the, who was part of the Maidan uh, coup in 2014, who is now the mayor of Kiev, has, yeah, has said that he imposed the curfew and he said that anybody who's out after uh, 8 o'clock uh, at night, or maybe it's 5 o'clock, I think it was 5 to 8 in the morning, yeah. anybody who's out after 5 o'clock in the evening uh, will be assumed to be an enemy combatant, assumed to, assumed to be a Russian yeah. and will be shot. I've seen a video of someone being shot uh, yeah. on the streets in Kiev. It's well, definitely just, Kiev. I'm just not sure exactly who, but it does look like two Ukrainians against another, a civilian. Yeah. And on the saboteur thing, let's just throw up the uh, Times article there, Scotty. And um, where are we going here? Um, yeah. So that's not the title, actually, of this originally. They stick this up. They stuck this up because Putin Putin has declared puts nuclear Death deterrent. Time. He put them on special status or something like that because of statements made by Western politicians that has the Russians a bit concerned. But anyway, they're just responding in kind because Western politicians have been making statements about possibly taking action against Russia. So he said, okay, well, obviously that means nuclear because you're obviously not going to send any of your troops in. Uh, so you're you would be 
launching some kind of nuclear war against uh, or nuclear attack against Russia, so we're putting our nuclear forces on alert. Anyway, it's not really relevant because that's just bullshit. Um, if you just scroll down, this is a, the actual title of this article was Volunteers Hunt Traders and Kremlin Spies as Fear Grips Kiev. That was the original title of this article. So if you just scroll down, it's quite a bit. You can see, go down to a, a picture, one of the pictures of uh, a few Ukrainian troops in a kind of battle scene. Keep going, yeah. That's a video. Keep going. Down, 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 down. Down, 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 of course. Emotional pictures of little girls. Not that one. Okay, so um, the title under that is Ukrainian troops look for unexploded munitions after a fight with Russian raiders near the capital of, capital on Saturday. Uh, yeah, of course they don't explain what actually happened there, but basically the, it was more than likely either a, rock, a rocket launched missiles from the Russian military that destroyed a, a Ukrainian convoy of military trucks and these guys are in just picking up the pieces afterwards they don't explain that in the image because that would be bad for the western propaganda that says you know ukraine's putting up a good fight and stuff which they're not because the ukrainian military is clown shoes the ukrainian government is a cl- is, is is a is a clown government and the ukrainian military is a clown military bottom line um so anyway if you just the text below so this is about like i said the title was volunteers hunt traders and kremlin spies as fear grips kiev so if you just scroll down yeah a little bit among the among civilians and fighters alike, the dread of infiltrators was palpable. The, there's saboteurs around here. They're dressed like you. They're dressed like me," said the policeman by the cathedral. "We're looking for them. We found some this morning." In blocks of flats, residents climbed onto roofs to check for suspicious suspicious markings. After a warning that Russian saboteurs were picking buildings to strike. <sighs> In WhatsApp groups and Telegram channels, locals sent messages from strangers asking in Russian asking in Russian. Oh, sorry, locals sent messages about strangers asking in Russian for simple directions to landmarks anyone from Kiev would know. Suspicion and paranoia built by the hour, spiralling away from all logic and control. <laughs> I've heard they're everywhere, said one woman with rose pink hair. They've, they come and talk to you and ask you simple things. Then they try to attack you. Or they dress like normal people and go around in the city looking for targets. And of course, officials said the alarm was justified claiming that the that Russian troops dressed as Ukrainian soldiers had seized two cars and driven in, into the centre of the city. It's all nonsense. It's all, it's all complete fabrication and they're hystericising the population. But the interesting thing about that comment and the way that the, the Times here is portraying this is that, you know, the point was uh, locals sent messages about strangers asking in Russian for simple directions that they should know about. They come and talk to you in Russian. Okay, go to the Wikipedia page. This is about Kiev, the city of Kiev, the Wikipedia entry on Kiev. Ethnic composition of Kiev. So we're talking about 3 million people here. According to the 2001 census, more than 130 nationalities and ethnic groups reside within the territory of Kiev. Ukrainians constitute the largest group to over 2 million people, or 82% of the populations. Russians compose 337,000 in Kiev. Jews, Belarusians, whatever. Language statistics. Both Ukrainian and Russian are commonly spoken in the city. Approximately 75% of Kiev's population responded Ukrainian to a 2001 census on their native language, and 25% responded Russian. According to a 2006 survey, Ukrainian is used at home by 23% of Kievans, 52% use Russian, and 24% switch between both. 
In a 2003 sociological survey, the question what language you use in everyday life was asked, and 52% said mostly Russian, etc., etc. So, so the Times is reporting that strange behavior in is, Kiev is people speaking Russian. Right, and that's what Mark is a Russian agent. So that's a perfect recipe for infighting. I mean, we've seen videos of them detaining people. I think we might have one or two. Um, I don't know if I have... Yeah, go to saboteurs. This is, I don't think this is in Kiev, but it's an example of the kind of thing that's going on. Um, this was somewhere else, but it's just, you know, they stop a car. They just have some, they hear some Russian being spoken in the car. Just play it there. And uh, they, um, you know, order them out and they're all crapping themselves. And it's just a couple of guys in a car. Um, and this has happened multiple, multiple times. Where the anti-Russian hysteria had been promoted by the Kiev government, by the, the, the nutbags, the clown shoes government in Kiev, uh, is causing serious problems for Russian speakers in the major cities and, and people who... 52% of the population of Kiev, you can expand that out to other towns in the, and mm -hmm. cities in the, in the country, but 50% of the population of Kiev, which is over, you know, uh, over a million people, uh, naturally speak Russian all the time, have done for most of their lives, and now... They're walking down the street and they make, make a comment to someone in Russian, they're a Russian saboteur. Yeah. And immediately they might get shot or something. Or reported or, or whatever. whatever yeah. you know? um, but Joe, hang on, I have a question. I've been reading, you know, diligently reading Western newspapers all week. Good job. And they're telling me that Russia is losing bigly in Ukraine, that They've had dozens of fighter jets shot down. Hundreds of tanks have been captured or destroyed. Hundreds of Russian soldiers have been captured by the Ukrainians. They're putting up a stiff resistance, and so far they've slaughtered, yep. I believe, 5,000 Russian soldiers. You, mm -hmm. do you, you, don't you know that Russia is losing this war? Absolutely, yeah, for sure. I uh, totally believe that, yeah. Of course, that. The answer to that is just pure propaganda, Western propaganda. Yeah. They did the same it's thing not in the Iraq war. Close, is it? No. Well, well here's an example. Everybody heard about Snake Island, which is off Crimea, a small oh, island off Crimea, yeah. which is kind of like a customs base, whatever, that was part of Ukraine's island off, off the coast of Crimea, basically. And everybody heard that uh, they were, you might have heard the transcript of the Russian uh, Navy uh, ship ordering them to, you know, surrender. And they said, "Oh yeah, and then, fuck you. then no, yeah, then they well they they, yeah, killed, they killed. replied, fuck you, Russian ship.' Yeah, yeah. And then the Russians, yeah, slaughtered all of them. Yeah, just play, play Snake because it's called Snake Island. Um, this is, uh, I suppose, the reality behind that little piece of propaganda. Uh, just play it there. This is uh, this is those some of those." 13, in fact, there were 82. Kiev had no idea. Again, clown shoes military, clown shoes government right. has no idea uh, how many people are actually were actually on that island. They claimed there were 13. Somebody just in, in, in some department of propaganda, such as it is in, in, in Ukraine and Kiev, decided to make that story up entirely. Oh, it's pro probably Langley. Or maybe Langley as well, yeah. I, I've since uh, seen Don't, an interview with one of those uh, Ukrainian who was, who, were killed, who was stationed there. Who were killed by the Russians. And he said, no, no, well, I'm still here. Hi. But he, he was asked, so 
the, you know, the Kiev government has announced that they have buried you and given you the hero of Ukraine. Yeah, you're a hero of Posthumously Ukraine. medal. But you have to be dead to get it. And he said, no, hi, I'm sorry. Yeah. So apparently there were 82 of them and they just went, okay, but we'll surrender. How, we'll surrender. Yeah, but that went, that, that went fucking viral. Went viral and there was like so many Americans, real, you know, it was real. Yeah, that tried on his feet. True but, American spirit, yeah, fighting the evil Russians. Yeah, God bless him, I hope you, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, geez, these people are... I just have no words for the ignorance of so many people in Western countries about how, how willingly yeah. they suck up bullshit and how they don't question. You know what I mean? And I'm seeing on Twitter as well a lot of people who got a clue about the whole COVID business mm. are immediately falling for this and reposting bullshit from Western media. Provable lies. And I mean, people already say, well, not do it again. People already have seen the, the video of uh, a Ukrainian... Or sorry, uh, uh, it's ac it's actually a Strela 10. It's a, it's a short range missile launcher. It's a like basically kind of like a tank, except it's I think it's, it's on wheels. It's, it's not uh, it has no track, so it's not a tank uh, that was moving through um, what city was it? Kiev? Uh, it was I think it was, it was, in Kiev. It was part of Kiev. This is yeah, and this is a couple of days ago, yeah. long before <clears throat> the Russians were even that close to Kiev, and this was presented as it, it basically is a video of somebody took it from the apartment building of this truck driving up the street, uh, drives over a car. This, swerves this across the road, swerves across the road drives, drives over a car and then you see the video afterwards the guy being extracted from the car yeah. an older guy who was who apparently survived he kind of just lay down and uh, he survived but um and this was immediately went viral as russian tank rolls runs over a car in kiev with passenger um when in fact there were no russians in in kiev there's no reason at all well first of all you'd never have a lone uh, Russian short-range missile uh, launcher on wheels driving on its own through the middle of Kiev when all the rest of the Russian military are miles away. Mm. Uh, secondly, there's no reason for a Russian short-range missile launcher to be in Kiev because Kiev has no air force because it's been destroyed, whatever it was, so they're not going to be shooting down any, any, any aircraft because Kiev doesn't have any. Right. So this was clearly a Ukrainian, drunk Ukrainian clown shoe soldier decided to go for a joyride in the middle of Kiev in, one of the, in a piece of equipment and rolled over a tank. And it was actually associated with another situation right before it. At the same time it was happening, there's a truck, like an open, a, a flatbed truck comes kind of barreling up the road and a bunch of people in an apartment building start shooting at it or a guy on the ground actually starts shooting at it. Again, it was an example of friendly fire and we should make the point that most of the action, pretty much all of the action that's been happening such you know, so far in, in, in Kiev has been people shooting at Kievans or members of yeah. the of the Ukrainian military shooting against other groups who have all been given weapons. They're basically shooting at each other. I think that's been confirmed in one instance. But the general remark that's been made for like from CNN journalists who've been in Kiev the last four days at night, they're like, I can hear gunfire all over the place, and you do hear it. Who's that gunfire between? So far, it seems to be between. Yeah people in Kiev who were handed out it's not just like they did they handed them to anyone what, 18,000 yeah. rifles were handed out what you see just play the video including Kiev. including prison people they've right they've done that prison. today they've let pr prisoners out of, out of jail and given them weapons uh, smart move yeah why are they why are they in prison in the first place and you let them out and give them weapons to fight who who are they going to fight anyway play the Kiev fighting each other this is kind of like an example of several videos that you see that have been taken of people in Kiev um, 
from their apartment buildings, just showing, go ahead and play it, showing the, the sound of gunfire and I think in this one there's tracer or bullets, you can see kind of tracer bullets. And of course it's presented as, oh that must be the Russians, the Ukrainians fighting the Russians. No, that's people in Kiev, including the Ukrainian military, fighting each other. Because they have no idea what's going on, they've handed out weapons to pretty much anybody who wanted them, including criminals, let out of prison. And the shots are going in all directions. And, that, and that's the result. Right there, and the Russians are all well outside the city, going, uh, you know, whenever you feel like stop, not stopping shooting each other, we'll carry on, you know. <clears throat> so it's a joke, there's, and there's multiple videos of, of Kiev at night, yeah, uh, with, uh, from different vantage points showing that kind of thing. Um, it's, it's like the last days of a regime. It's 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 kind of tip. It's I suppose what you'd expect, you know. Yeah, but only if you understand the nature of this regime, right? Well, the first tranche of BS that kind of laid the groundwork for all the BS that's followed since was day one, right? Where I, I think when everyone, including probably the Pentagon, got over the shock of what just happened, yeah. basically Russia did a form of shock and awe. They blitzed, they claim, about a hundred different sites in Ukraine, north, Mil- south, east, military and sites. west, yeah. military targets, and just up. They didn't completely do it now. They, they, they didn't get every airplane. We know that because they've since updated and say that the, the Russian MOD has said they took out 20, 28 aircraft that were grounded and since then an additional eight that were flying. But uh, people didn't understand that what happened was they immediately put a shield over Ukraine. Ukraine had no air defense about an hour and a half into the launch of operations. Yep. But to kind of boost morale and to draw international support for the regime in Ukraine, they invented this ghost of Kiev story mm-hmm. where this lone protector of Kiev has been flying for the last four nights over the city. And he's at this point, he's downed single-handedly 12 Russian fighter craft over, over Kiev. It's like, are you people serious? Mm-hmm. And the, the videos that are cited... For this, have now provably footage from video games. Well, immediately, well, if not footage, they're they're created for for that purpose. If you know what I mean? Yeah, the footage. In some instances, people have matched it. Yeah. To in fact, the game creator of one of the games said, "Um, "That's that's ours." Yeah, exactly. And our stuff should not be used for this. Right. So, yeah, for spreading propaganda, spreading lies and propaganda. But you know, they want to spread lies and propaganda. Is the point? You know what I mean? There's no on the on the on. On the West, on the side of the West, the more propaganda and lies, the better. That's all they've got, basically, is to try and bolster morale, failing morale that there really wasn't much morale to begin with to to oppose any kind of this Russian uh, invasion of Ukraine. There was very little morale to do it amongst the overall population and even amongst the Ukrainian military, which, like I said, was a shambles. It has been a shambles for a long time. Another example, just put up the CNN BS.jpg. This is one example of more bullshit um, from the Western media who just jump on anything because it serves their anti-Russian agenda. This guy was in CNN Ukraine, but we're sad to announce that the first American casualty, of course not to try and bring it home, right? Oh, Americans are being killed in Ukraine. Maybe we should get get the Marines sent in there or something. Uh has taken place. The thoughts and prayers of the family of activist Bernie Gores, who passed away this morning after a mine planted by Russian-backed separatists exploded. Except this guy was on scene in Afghanistan more than a year ago, uh, saying that he died as a result in Kabul as a result of um, 
something. Some Except kind of conflict in. I've seen an update about it since. He wasn't even dead in Kabul. Um, put this one up, Scotty. <clears throat> His real name is Jordy Jordan. Otherwise known as Wings of Redemption, he is a YouTube gamer mm -hmm. who is often a point of ridicule and trolling. It is not a reporter. Right. It's a troll. Right. It's an old troll that right. was rehashed. But it's an example of the media do, doing no due diligence whatsoever on any of the stories and just jumping straight. Anything that looks like it's, it's, it could be used, it can be used to, to present Russia in a bad light and big up Ukraine, they go with it and then they don't even retract it. They just carry on because things are moving fast, you know. People have been bombarded with nonsense and bullshit about this whole thing and it's just sad to see, you know. Um, Not least from Zelensky himself. Absolutely. The guy tweets yesterday his thanks to the government of Turkey for closing the Straits of the Bosphorus to Russian warships, mm -hmm. forcing the Turkish government to respond and say, actually, no decision has been made on that yet. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. His tweet is retweeted 8 million times. Right. Yeah, it's all lies. Most of it is lies, which is the case with, with, with war. That's why we started, you know, fog of war. The bullshit of war, basically, and especially in the modern era when anybody can, you know, throw anything up there and especially when you've got a western media that is so so i mean they're deep yellow they're freaking i mean they're scurrilous yeah. no integrity no decency no 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 allegiance whatsoever to any kind of truth other than the truth that they that they and their masters basically in their ideological uh masters want them to want them to promote you know and people are reliant on this to get an objective view of what's going on yeah um and of course, if you put up the Guardian article there, just as a headline, uh, talking about Zelensky, Ukraine appeals for foreign um, volunteers to join the fight against Russia. The international brigades. Yes, Viva la Quinta Brigada. Uh, President Zelensky issues calls to arms to foreign nationals in battle against Russian war criminals. And of course, if you go to the next, the second uh, Guardian, Guardian article, Truss, the UK Foreign Secretary, Liz Truss, who wants to be Maggie Thatcher, says she would back Britons going to Ukraine to fight Russia. Cause, so this, is, this wouldn't be, you know, this is now, well, I don't know what this is. I mean, didn't they used to try and stop people going to war zones to fight? Wasn't that a big problem? Well, this has got to get people, well, it won't. But I'm immediately reminded of the forty to 50,000 Western European Muslims Mm -hmm. who somehow ended up in Syria. Mm -hmm. 4,000 Swedes, about 8,000 Brits, 2,000 Belgians, 6,000 French, and mm -hmm. so on. It makes you wonder, you know, they didn't just, like, fly under the radar and get there. Nope. No, they were helped there. And right. there is evidence, actually, of uh, Western intelligence assistance For sure, in yeah. getting them recruited it's and good, out there. It's a good way to get rid of some of your undesirables as well, no? That's why the state might send them off there. Right, and then, of course, the Brits, yeah, was happy for them to stay there and rot yeah. in, in jails uh, after the fact. But that, that's telling. It's the, it's the kind of thing that's kind of a bit more of the mask has come off this week. Absolutely. Between this statement from Liz Trust, which is, you know, the height of irresponsibility. We expressly encourage people to go and basically help the Ukrainian regime, which is dead in the water. You're going on a suicidal mission, but right. you're going on a... A vital mission that protects our interests in terms of the PR value we can create right. from having a bloody, as bloody as possible. Having some UK citizens, conflict. for example, uh, killed right. in Ukraine. Putin killed my son. Yeah, Putin killed my babies. 
Um, Liz Truss says something else that I have to comment on in her statement when she was asked about this. That's just this morning. Um, she said, well, you know, people can make their own decisions. Mm. This, is, this just speaks to the, the irresponsibility, not just of the Ukrainian regime, but of Western governments. Like, it's for two years, they'll tell you that things like, well, freedom, freedom's a racist word. Freedom's a far right. You know, we look after your interests. But in other contexts, they'll tell you, well, it's the right of the individual to choose, isn't it? They have no integrity whatsoever. They're, this is they're psychopathy. Liars. It's complete irresponsibility. They're, they're going to send Britons into... Harm's way, yep. It's cannon fodder. Yep, and they don't care. I just want to rag in the media some more. Go to the Twitter, the, the Twitter links there, Scotty. This is, uh, this is CBS News. Um, in Context Media is a is, uh, Twitter channel. This is one of three. I just want to play for you just so you get an idea of the mindset of the people in the West in general. Let's say it could be representative of the West in general, but particularly in the media and therefore in the government as well. Just play that. Now with the Russians marching in, it's changed uh, the calculus entirely. Uh, tens of thousands of people have tried to uh, flee the city. There will be many more. People are hiding out in bomb shelters. But this isn't a place, with all due respect, um, you know, like Iraq or Afghanistan that has seen conflict raging for decades. You know, this is a relatively civilized uh, relatively European, I have to choose those words carefully too, uh, city mm. where you wouldn't Too expect late, that or hope that it's going to happen. So it's partly human nature, but they are not in denial. So, yeah, he just exposed the fact that, well, you know, <clears throat> these are white people and they're civilized, not on, unlike those Iraqis. So don't, he's kind of implying that don't be making any comparisons here with like Iraq when we invaded and bombed Iraq because the Iraqis are subhuman, you know, they're sand inward. Yeah. They're ragheads, right? That's the way they were portrayed at the time, which was why it was good to bomb them. And that's why this guy probably and all his friends in the media at the time, in the Western media at the time, were, were whooping it up yeah. when America fired 500 Tomahawk, Tomahawk cruise yeah. missiles at Baghdad in one night and, and, and killed tens of thousands of people. That was all good, you see, because they were ragheads. Yeah. They're not like us. They're not white. But this, in this situation in Ukraine, it's very different. And he's trying to be careful with his words, but he's already got and fucking, chuckles. He's already got two fucking. Because he knows he's already got two fucking feet in his mouth. Yeah. For anybody with any sense, that this guy is basically uttering racist statements. Yeah. Uh, that make it clear that he doesn't care when people, when America kills people uh, a little bit further east in the Middle East. Uh, but it's a problem, as far as he's concerned, uh, when when any Ukra when Russia attacks any Ukrainian. Yeah. And despite the fact that Russia is doing everything it can to avoid civilian casualties and has done and has, and they keep on talking about how Russia's plan, invasion plans aren't going, you know, as smoothly as they would like. That's because they're being very careful not to blow the shit out of the place. Yeah. And they're only attacking, attacking military installations and engaging with the Ukrainian army, such as it is, even though it's a bunch of clown shoes, they still do have some capability and they're dealing <coughs> with that. Go to the next one, because this is repeated again. Here we have the BBC and this is some dude, I don't even know where he's from, but um, BBC on Twitter. Uh, 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 the next no. one, sorry, ABS military, ABS, ASB News. Yeah, just play that. Me, I'm sorry. Uh, it's really emotional for me because I see 
European people with blue eyes and blonde hair being killed, children being killed every day with Putin's missiles and his helicopters and his rockets. And so, of course, I, I understand and respect the emotion. What you are outlining there is this tension between longer-term efforts to apply pressure to Vladimir Putin, such as financial... No, no. <laughs> what he, he wasn't outlining that there. That's threat. not what he was outlining. <laughs> Just pause it there. That's not what he was outlining. He wasn't outlining. He was outlining the fact that he was, it was very emotional and he's very angry because children, uh, blonde and blue-haired-eyed people are being killed, and that's why it's emotional. You know, and right, I love the way he interjects. Oh, oh, well, oh I so, agree. So, so, no, yeah, no, yeah. no. The official line is, well, what's been bugging the shit out of me for last month is that war is coming to Europe. Yeah. European war, the yeah. worst European war since 1945. Yeah. Europe, 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 Europe. I'm like, hang on a second. So now Russia and Ukraine is Europe. Russia wasn't ever Europe before, right. much less Ukraine. Yep. I don't remember it ever being the worst war since 1945 in Yugoslavia. No, that was fine. That was, that was all the war in the Balkans, the Balkans, the Balkans, the Balkans. Yeah, the Balkans. Far, it wasn't in Europe. The far-off Balkans, even though they were closer than Ukraine, that was the far-off Balkans, yeah. Across that was fine. the sea from Italy. But the point is that was fine because America was doing it. To go to the third, the third uh, Twitter link they just had up there, Scotty. One more, just to seal the deal here. It's in the title, but you can play it. Now the unthinkable has happened to them. And this is not a developing third world nation. This is Europe. <laughs> Europe. This is not... A th no, this is unthinkable. I mean, because in developing third world nations or even second world nations, like in the Middle East, that's not unthinkable. Because it's happened, right? So it's thinkable and totally normal in that respect that America in particular... And the, and the UK would bomb the crap out of those countries. Like, for example, Yemen. Is Yemen a third world nation? Well, yeah, it's been turned into a third world nation, certainly over the past uh, uh, seven or eight years, with the US and UK and France helping the Saudis to bomb the shit out of it and kill hundreds of thousands of people. It's been turned into a third world nation. But uh, more, more importantly, it's not unthinkable for that to happen there. It's fine for Yemeni women and children and old people and everybody to be killed. And we've, the Western media has, has more or less ignored it mm. and it certainly haven't portrayed it in any negative light since it's been going on because they're not white, blue-eyed Westerners. And the thing is, the media, we the media are absolutely racist. We don't care about brown people being killed because it's thinkable for them to be killed. But it's unthinkable for people that look like us to be killed. And that's what really gets me here, you know, In the is that those people look like me. You know, when I look at Iraqi, a dead Iraqi or a dead Yemeni, he doesn't look like me. So, nah, I don't really care. But when I see a Ukrainian, he's got blue, blonde hair and blue eyes. Or at least he's got white skin. And that really gets me in the fields. And that's why I think Russians, Russia rushes its dictatorship and Putin's evil. And they should be doing this. Thank you. That's, that's just a word from our media. Thanks, uh, CNN and BBC. And it's, who is it's that? The Sky News. Freaky had a switch. They switch, it appears to be switching from beliefs, you know. They go on the one hand from racism bad to, oh, we'll just be racist. Uh, it's, I think it speaks to the, the psychopathy. I don't think it's really racism per se. It, it speaks to a kind of a Western centrism, an egocentrism. Mm -hmm. But even then, I might be projecting too much conceptual abstract thought into people who are just absolutely vapid. Yeah. And depending on the circumstances, we'll say whatever helps 
Well, right, tilted for our side. I mean, for me, the, the statements of those three reporters as being representative of most reporters in the West is evidence of structural racism within the media, within Western society. And it's coming out. It's it's unconscious racism, basically, because she just <laughs> yeah. they think they're saying something fine, right? Yeah. I mean, you have to call it racism because that's what it is. Like, I mean, yeah, there's an argument to say that it's just, you know, uh, kind of like you said, a, I don't know, just a complete lack of thought, really, whatsoever. Just they're just reporters and they're just saying whatever, but they, they input their feels into right. it. Here's what I, you know, they're trying to get the impact and you know get the emotion running and and stuff, and, and but they're they're exposing yeah. the fact. The truth of the matter that we have known for very long, which is that when America invades other countries, especially countries with kind of not white-skinned people, it's fine, and the media doesn't care. The media thinks it's good because the, the government says it's good, so the media, say, media says it's good, and the people then believe it's good, and they can just ignore it, and it's man, more black, more dark-skinned people dead. Who cares? But white people, no. So what do you call that yeah. when someone expresses that sentiment? I, they're basically saying, I don't care when brown-skinned people die or slaughtered by our government. But when white-skinned people are killed by another government, then I care. Yeah. I don't know. Is there a word for that? Maybe there is. I don't know. It's uh, racism. It is, but it's also going behind it, like you were saying. It's yeah. just, a, a, I don't know what it is, a lack of integrity, a stupidity, an ignorance, a vapidness, a, a lack of anything, any core within any of these There's people. There's no real thought. Uh, it, it's it's just whatever scores one for our team. Right. Because if they follow their thoughts through at all, Putin is blonde and blue-eyed for crying out loud. There's white-on-white violence here. But so was Hitler. He was dark-haired, but he was... I don't know if he's blue-eyed or not. Anyway, no, but so. he was white. Uh, go to CNN. It's just an example. We'll get back to here what's going on in Kiev. This is from today, I think, in a little report. I love CNN's reports because they're super manipulative and um, but they're also funny. <clears throat> so this is in Kiev. Molotov cocktails and personal arms. See how, Ukraini see how Ukrainians are fighting back. Let's see how they are. Takes a little while to play. Gonna go anytime now. Okay. Nah, it won't play. It should play. <clears throat> Jesus, it's all, all their auto plays normally it's playing all the time, but it doesn't play when you need it. But yeah, that it's, move, it, uh, arm everyone with sure Molotov cocktails. Right again, more gross irresponsibility. Hang on. Just jump it forward a little bit. See if you can kickstart it. Because it's kind of funny. Uh, it just gives you an, an idea of who is actually who's defending Ukraine, you know, or defending Kiev, you know. Um, any movement? There you go. Yeah. No, it just doesn't want to play for some reason. Why are you not playing? It, it, this is exactly why... We'll put a link in the, the, in the description. Ukrainian government is... Danger, a, a genuinely a danger to its own people. Encouraging them to pick up whatever weapons they can find and take on the Russians. It underscores the fact that they cannot hmm. govern. Yeah, not as a normal country. This is what Putin was saying when he announced what he was going to do. He says we're going in to demilitarize and denazify mm -hmm. Ukraine. Yeah. For sure. I said, what, is, what does that amount to? Is regime change? Yeah, absolutely. What's going to happen? We'll just look at some more videos before we get into that because we'll kind of finish with that. Uh, but uh, go to 
That's not to say, of course, there has been resistance from the Ukrainian military, even though it's clown shoes. It, they have some capability, and obviously as the Russians advance, they're going to meet you know, some resistance from the, primarily from the Ukrainian military. Uh, go to Under Fire Kar- Karkov uh, MP4. Uh, this is a pretty interesting video, actually. Um, it's just Kharkov is in the north of Ukraine, northeast of Kiev. It's the second biggest city, 1.5 million people. This is the Russian military kind of advancing on, I suppose, kind of like on the outskirts of it. Uh, probably yesterday. Um, go ahead. Улица Саперная, Тигр. Две штуки пока вижу. The resident filming, not, 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 not having a goal, right? Крадутся с автоматами на изготовку. Три четвертый КАМАЗ. And, and one of them fired a um, RPG. So they were attacked. Do you understand what's happening there? Yeah, yeah, they were going through the town. They were attacked from, from behind. Yeah. You, Ukrainian military from behind, yeah. Um, that's an example of the kind of... Um, Contact they're having, not very significant. Yeah. Um, and again, it, it exposes the fact that, you know, the idea that uh, thousands of Russian troops have been killed and all that kind of stuff is just not borne out by any of the video evidence. Oh, well, and, and I, I want to ask you about that. There, there have been a few videos where they've been reported as Russian convoys obliterated, Russian tanks, uh, personnel carriers, and so on. Mm-hmm. Surely, are any of them. Do, of, of those that you've seen, w- was that the case? No, that, uh, no, pretty much all of them are Ukrainian military vehicles. There's, there's no. But some of them have this, these markings, the Z or the V markings that have been seen on mm-hmm. Russian. Some of the, so, yeah. some of the blown up, destroyed convoy vehicles have the the Russian. But there's very markings. few. There's maybe I've seen one. How many have you seen? A couple. Yeah. Two. Two. Uh, yeah, it's going to happen where they're going to take take some take some losses, you know. Yeah. Uh, but as a general rule, it's all very well planned, very well organized, disciplined, and you know they they have the capability to to defend themselves. Obviously, they've got air superiority, or not just their air dominance, basically, where there's no Ukrainian military flying, and uh, they've got helicopters and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, there's lots of videos you can you can watch, but there's no, I don't, I haven't seen any any videos of any. Uh, of course, there's very few videos of actual. You know, fighting, which again tells you something, something as well yeah. that there's not a lot of contact in general, or i.e., there's not a lot of uh, response or, or actual attacks by the Ukrainian military on the Russians. They're basically. I'm seeing a lot of American and British blowhards saying that, oh, is this it? Well, Spetsnaz is shit. The Russian military is shit. What do They're mean, fighting a little and then running away. What do you mean running away? That's that's uh, that's from some mainstream. They commentary. have pretty much taken Kharkiv, the second largest city of 1.5 million people. They're in the center of it. Um, so I have a video of that. Um, yeah, Russian forces inside Kharkiv. Um, this is pretty much down the. It's an MP4. This is down the down the main street of the second largest city in 
in Kiev in, in, in Ukraine. Yeah. <laughs> Again, the people uh, filming this, why aren't they shooting at them? Right. Well, why car why, 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 along with those videos, why, why, why aren't people opening up from all these and throwing Molotov cocktails? Why is not happening? It's the second largest city, and there's ma many videos like this of uh, that show Russian forces in the middle of Kharkiv. Kharkiv basically has been has been taken. It'll probably be declared maybe later today or tomorrow. Um, Do you remember what happened in Kharkiv in 2014? I remember the Kharkiv had an uprising, a counter-revolution protest yeah. to the Maidan. Right. And people stormed their government buildings in Ukraine's second largest city and raised the Russian flags. Right. And then they did this thing where they captured a bunch of Euromaidans trying to set off a firestorm in their city. And they created a massive gauntlet and made them run it and slap them and kick them. Yeah. So Kharkiv was nearly became another Lugansk. Yeah. And Donetsk for in 2014. People so it's probably a that. very pro-Russian uh, area. Of course, and there's a lot of areas like that in in, in Ukraine. Yeah. And the, the Western media will not tell you that. The Western media tell you exactly the opposite. Yeah. You can stop that. The Western media uh, tell you the opposite, which is that Ukraine is united in resisting Russian aggression, which is completely not a horseshit. Um, yeah. And it'll also tell you that the Ukrainian military is doing a great job when all you see is videos of destroyed Ukrainian military vehicles and dead soldiers and, you know, their, their um, the city's been taken over. And um Well, apart from Kharkiv, um, the latest I've seen is that other large cities of Mariupol yep. on the Black Sea coast and Odessa yep. um, and other smaller ones have been completely encircled. Yeah, surrounded that. That's and that probably speaks to. Well, here's there's what, a, yeah what the strategy is for sure. Yeah. yeah, the strategy. Yeah, here's another video. A video of Mario Paul. Uh, this is Mario Paul civilians trying to leave the city, and this ties in with the idea that the 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 this ties in with the idea that the government and the authorities in these cities in Ukraine have decided under the military authority effectively have decided that the civilians have to fight whether they want to or not, mm. and whether or not they actually support the Kiev government or whether or not they're Russian, they're supporter, supporters of Russia, or whether they're ethnic Russians or whether they speak Russian, it doesn't matter. You're not allowed to leave the city. Uh, you have to fight. Uh, this is a video of just that, of people trying to leave Mariupol and being stopped by thugs of Ukraine. decides to get the hell out of there and he shot at crazy and then go to the next one this is Kherson which is uh, again in the south you know in the general area of uh, not far from sorry this is Kherson in the, in, in the south again people trying to leave Kherson um, and this is what happens slightly longer That's a destroyed Ukrainian APC or something. And 
up ahead, you'll see here the red truck. Uh, Sammy has been put across the road, or tr some kind of a dump truck or something has been put across the road to try and stop traffic by the Ukrainian military to stop people leaving as a kind of roadblock or a checkpoint or something like that. And that that truck right in front can't get past, so he so he's like, well, I'll just go around. tries to go around. Because they start shooting at him. Right. <laughs> and they think they're going to get... <laughs> they think that's how they're going to curry favor with the population, get the population on side? Yeah. A bunch of thugs. And, and Russia and Putin are doing precisely the right thing with Ukraine, which is to denazify it because, or de-thugify the whole place and, uh, and demilitarize it because they're not responsible people. They're ridiculous. They're idiots. They're extremists. They're, you know, wildly anti-Russian, pathologically anti-Russian. Yeah. When they have a country of 40 million people, probably half, at least half of which, are in somewhere or other pro-Russian and speak Russian. Yeah. And they want to turn them all against Russia. Yeah weaponize them against Russia in league with NATO in league with the US the place needs to be cleansed of that type of person and so that is what is being attempted and that by that type of person I mean the people in power who are doing that who are, who are destroying who have destroyed the country and have, have gross negligence towards the, towards the population and towards the country itself because of their extremist anti-Russian yeah beyond, all, beyond any reason and with no cause whatsoever uh, viewpoint. So, um, does this mean that Hunter Biden will no longer be getting checks from Ukraine? Yes, definitely. Um, what about Nancy Pelosi's son? You know, he has business interests there too. Mm -hmm. Let's go to Kharkiv locals police. Scotty, this is an example of one of the videos you're talking about where you have uh, locals kind of. Um, Local, one, when you say locals, one local woman, these are Russian tanks, just play it there. These are one, um, these are Russian tanks in Kharkiv, which is again the second largest city. This woman, I don't know what she's saying. She doesn't seem to be, she's maybe complaining a little bit, going, What are you doing here? Why don't you go home? Whatever. That's the police, that's local police in the blue. They're doing nothing. There's no interference whatsoever from them. And this is just them on the, mm -hmm. I think it was probably yesterday in the outskirts of Kharkiv. Yeah. And, you know, so in these videos I see of, of, that are being used and the only ones available. Uh, and if there were more, you'd think they'd be they'd be promoted. They'd be doing the rounds. Right, yeah. But they, I've seen two videos, and in both of them, it was two women, singular women, complaining. Karens. Well, whatever, complaining about uh, Russian soldiers. Uh, that's it. Yeah. Out of forty million people, there were two women. Um, of course, there's different sentiments. We're not saying there's. That's yeah, all there I, is. I take that back. That was a derogatory thing to say. Karens. They're definitely. I mean. It's a scary time. Shit, people are hiding in basements and they don't know where the yeah, fire is coming sure. from and who's doing it. Sure. And if this does get out of hand and extend, of course, more and more people in Ukraine will just see it as straight-up occupation. Yeah. Um, Another big thing... I, I just want yeah. to say something about the people hiding in basements. You know, that I've heard from an American in Kiev who, who made a vlog about a situation there. He says, well, here I am. I'm here. I'm a businessman. I live here. 
the internet's still up, so I'm able to send this vlog to you. The Russians haven't taken down communications. Right. Secondly, the toilets are still working. Right. They haven't bombed the sewer system. Mm-hmm. Thirdly, the water, etc. We still mm-hmm. have power and all that. So mm-hmm. he's like, this isn't shock and awe as you remember it. But he also specifically, at the point that's related here, he specifically said that, yeah, there's a lot of people hiding in basements. What's going on is the Ukrainian regime has conscripted every male between the ages of 18 and 60 to fight. And they're going around looking for them. Yeah. And people are hiding. Mm-hmm. Hiding from their own government. They're that's pe- what's going the on. The women and the older men are, are hiding them yeah. in basements right. from Yuki nut jobs. For sure. That's what's happening, hiding from the government. And that this is the government the West supports and, and a significant number of the population are effectively hiding from them because they're going to be forced uh, into becoming cannon fodder. Get out there and fight those Russians. But I speak Russian and I'm ethnic Russian. I don't care. Get out there or I'll shoot you. Well, they'll never say that in their defense. Because they'll be shot in the spot kind exactly, of thing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really insane how much they hate Russians there. Yeah, the, the government, yeah. The, the Kiev the government gang. And, and a portion of the population. Is. Right, some of them, yeah. Uh, big thing was Crimea in 2014 when Russia incorporated Crimea uh, through a popular vote and Crimea became a part of the Russian Federation after the US uh, backed coup in 2014. Uh, the population of Crimea voted to become part of the Russian Federation and in response Kiev cut off a water supply and a canal, the primary water supply to Crimea that was coming from Ukraine proper um, and since then Crimea has had serious water problems. Put up the video, Crimea, damn. This is just live example. That's the canal. As you can see, it's kind of dried up there. It was already, um, that was, it was blocked. There was a bridge and there was more of a, a dam. They basically dammed the canal. Let's head mm-hmm. south towards Crimea. They dammed it. There was an initial, um, I think probably the Ukrainians blew up the bridge to try and stop a Russian advance, whatever, stupidly. Um, but the water is now flowing back to Crimea as a result of this, as you'll see in a minute. Go ahead. Water flows back to Crimea. Wow. Which, was a big, which was a big part of the... Not a big part of it, it was one of the strategic agenda, uh, aims of Russia uh, in, as part of their invasion. It wasn't the reason they invaded Ukraine, but it was certainly one of the things they wanted to achieve, which was restart that flow that had been cut off for seven years to Crimea uh, via that canal. Yeah. So, um, and the last video I have is Yuki Tanks, just getting back to what we're talking about, what's going to happen, what's happening. Right now, the Russian forces are pretty much outside of the center or outside of Kiev, a city of three million people. Um a lot of Kievans have tried to, a bunch of them have tried to, to, to leave and flee on, on trains and stuff, but most of them are still there, obviously. And I think most of them aren't that concerned, I suppose. They're obviously, you know, a bit nervous about the whole situation, but they have no reason at this point, given what they have understood, if they've been able to see what's actually happened, that the Russians are there for kind of like wiping out the population or anything like that. They haven't been attacking any civilian infrastructure whatsoever. They've been very careful to avoid civilian casualties, their whole point, as Putin said, and they're, they're true true to this point, which is the denazification of the authorities in uh, in Ukraine and the demilitarization of the country, i.e. to render the Ukrainian military ineffective. And then, 
of course, they in any invasion like this, they want to take the capital, right? Because that's a very symbolic part of it. And it's also where the parliament is and where all of the gang is, the, mm. the, US, the 2014 US-backed coup gang, anti-Russian gang, support puppet regime, basically. They're all in Kiev and they want to either, you know, well, take care of them one way. They've talked about uh, war crimes tri tribunals for what they did in Donbass over the past seven years. Killed. And in Odessa. And Odessa at, in, in 2014 at the time of the coup where they basically burned people alive. Um, so obviously Kiev is, is, is the goal. And once you've taken Kiev, it's kind of over, right? You, then you, you'll have to, well, you can flee. The regime can flee if they can get out. If they can't, then there's terms of surrender and here's what's going to happen. And, you know, it's going to take a while down the line. Um, uh, new elections. And again, there's a lot of people in Ukraine who will, given the chance, uh, probably... And a new constitution. Yeah, and a new constitution and elect... <clears throat> elect political uh, officials who who are more sane, basically. Yeah. And a lot of them don't didn't agree with 2014 uh, the coup in 2014 and the bunch that were put in power by the US in 2014. So that process it's obviously going to be a protracted process. But you go back to uh, again 2003 and the Iraq invasion. America went through that whole process of they they took a guy from where was he? What was his name? Um, Chalabi. Chalabi. Yeah, from the living, living it up in the UK for decades beforehand, an expat of Iraq, of, of, of Iraq, they bring him in and stick him in as the, as the prime minister, right? I mean, there's, there's a template for this, you know what I mean? But it, and it's, done, it's been done by the US in a very crass and undemocratic way. Well, Russia can certainly do better. There's a key difference, yeah. What? The key difference is, and Americans don't, they're watching this thing going, I don't understand, why, why don't they just bomb the place and then just take over? That's, that's what we would do. Yeah. They're not going to level. The American way is to level everything: water supply, sewage, power stations. Yeah. Well, the first thing then they did just was, roll in. Yeah. That's and what, mop up. But that's what America did. But they bombed the first night of shock and all, because they destroyed power plants, right? And, and, and water purification. Places. Eternally thereafter, the population hates, hates you. you. Of course, Russia is not going to want to create an eternal. It's trying to avoid this issue. That's the point of yeah. doing this. Ukraine is gradually, inexorably moving to a point where there's just an e eternal state of conflict and hatred between two brother nations, or whatever Putin phrases it as. Yeah. It is an actual economic and cultural fact, yeah. no matter your viewpoint on that. Yeah. So he's not going to come in and level the place. He's yeah. going to be as circumspect as possible. And that's going to be a problem for the actual military operation. It's going to take longer because you have to be more careful. You have to avoid civilian casualties which, and you have to, but, and you put your own soldiers at risk by taking that kind of careful approach. You know what I mean? Where you're very careful about who you're shooting at and who yeah. you're firing. You leave yourself exposed. America never does that. America does shock and awe, blows the shit out of civilians, military alike. It doesn't matter. Destroy the power plants, destroy the water for purification plant places because, you know, their, their, their problem, America always saw that the problem in Iraq was when you, when you, you can destroy the military, the Iraqi military in 2003 pretty easily, right? And the, what they call it, the convoy of death, I think they call it, where there was this long Was line. that 91? That, maybe that was 91, but they yeah. did similar things in 2003. And there was a, the Iraqi army was fleeing. Right, there, yes, and exactly. And they obliterated yeah. one goal, yeah. But um, they realized that the civilian population then is a problem because if the civilian population don't like you and you have no intention of trying to curry favor with them <laughs> and in, as a result of the way you attack the entire country and killing civilians, you're going to give rise to an, an insurgency or popular revolt against your presence. Um, America didn't care about that from the get-go. They just 
explode. They make life as miserable as possible and kill as many civilians as they have to in achieving their objective. Yeah. And then they get an insurgency. But Russia doesn't want that to happen. Yeah. And, of course, that's what they're trying to say Russia's going to be faced with is, a, is an insurgency, a civilian resistance that will bog them down in guerrilla warfare in the big cities and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And they're not doing that. They're right. not, Has he gone mad? They're he's not lost his marbles. Yeah. No, he hasn't because he's not as stupid as Western, Western leaders who, who do that kind of thing. He's not stupid. Yeah. He knows how to go about this, uh, you know, and learning from their own experience and looking at the experience of the Americans they know how not to go about invading a country. All you have to do is look at what America did. Do you know what the thing is? You're comparing Iraq to this. There's some far more recent um, example that puts the two strategies side by side. Aleppo, the Russian anti-terror operation in Syria versus Raqqa and Mosul, yeah. US-led anti-terror exactly. operation. Clear as day, people look it up. The Russians took longer and there was a barrage of propaganda. They're bombing hospitals. They're bombing this and that. And they were found out to be either fake news mm -hmm. or they were indiscriminate attacks carried out by ISIS and other terrorists. Right. They blamed on the Russians. But they were very careful, as careful as possible. But the proof was in the pudding. Within six months, the people of Aleppo celebrated Christmas on public squares and returned to the city. Life basically returned to as normal as possible within that year. Raqqa and Mosul, the Americans carpet bombed it. They and then they went, mission accomplished. They ISIS is gone. But sir, the population is, ah, yeah, yeah. ISIS is gone. The population in Raqqa and Mosul couldn't celebrate Christmas in the, on, the, on the square because there was no square. No, obliterated. Because America blew the crap Including out. some thousand-year-old buildings, yeah. historical. Of we have a question there. Um, scroll up a little bit. I just saw it uh, in the chat. Um, can't can you, scroll up. Can't scroll up. Anyway, it was a question about why the EU is not accepting uh, refugees. As I said, they're not accepting any refugees from Ukraine. Well, because the EU is complicit with America in creating the situation where there'll be, as they hope, as, as much of a civilian death toll as possible in Ukraine so they can use it to demonize Russia. People think that that's like, no, they wouldn't do that. Yeah, they would. That's exactly what they're doing. They want, they're hoping behind, behind their, behind the scenes are all, although not very, they're not very covert about it, they're hoping uh, that there will be as much civilian casualty in, casualties in Ukraine as possible so they can use it to demonize Russia. That's all they want because they believe that Russia is doing this for, re, you know, aggressive imperial reasons um, and yet they know as well that it's not because they know that's not, that's what they tell the public, but they know that's not the case at all. Um, they're all united at this point in trying to protect the Western rules-based order, as they well, call it, and they're very afraid of any competitor or any challenger. As we mentioned last week about the Bush Doctrine, just pre-9-11, pre that you know was part of the Iraq invasion, the whole the Bush Doctrine, the neocon, mm. uh, it was originally the Wolfowitz Doctrine and became the Bush Doctrine and defined the Bush years in terms of invasions of Iraq and Afghanistan and everything they did there. The whole point of the Bush Doctrine was that it asserted that from this point forward, and this is in the, in the mid-90s, no, America would not tolerate any challenger to its position as global leader. Anybody who looks like they might be, through natural means, be a competitor in any sphere, in any significant sphere to America, must be dealt with decisively. Mm -hmm. Now, that's been America's policy for the past 20 years, plus 20 plus years, and Russia is, along with China, is that challenger. 
and Europe is signed on to that because they're all living high on the hog with their Western rules-based order and American hegemony and America, the leader of the free world with all of its little European lapdogs in tow behind. And they see a change in that global order towards a more balanced global order, a justified balance mm. in the global order because you look at China and Russia and the amount of resources and population they have, they should be up there at the top table. And they're not willing to share space at the top table. And anything they can do to demonize Russia, they can do very little, nothing really militarily to do anything about Russia. So the only thing they've got is smear campaigns and black propaganda. And in service to that, they're happy to sacrifice Ukrainian civilians to smear and demonize Russia in that propaganda war. And it's a powerful thing, the propaganda war, because look what it's achieved so far. Yeah, I, I believe them. I believe Washington, London, Brussels primarily, when they say, when they justify any cynical move or statement in the cause of what you just said, defending the Western rules-based, well, they will say the international rules-based yeah. order because this will change the rules-based order. Going, If this works, going forward, this will be the standard. You, know, you no longer will get away with carpet bombing mm-hmm. and then just moving in to mop up mm-hmm. and installing whoever the hell you want. That is probably like at, at the it's, – it's kind of the core of it right now. You're, you're right. In the long term, it's about Russia and China taking their rightful place in the world in fair competition for trade, et cetera, et cetera. But here and now is we must sabotage in any way possible whatever Putin's trying to do. And you're probably they probably realize he's trying to do a, a surgical type of operation here carefully and cautiously such that by Christmas, maybe not only next year, who knows how quickly Ukraine can be normalized right. because it will set the precedent and the standard mm-hmm. for yeah. a new rules-based, actually rules-based order. Mm-hmm. And that is like the end, yeah. end of the old regime, speaking internationally, you know? Yeah, for sure. And that's what they're terrified about, and that's why they're flailing and kicking and screaming and using all of their dirty tactics to, to try and stop it from happening. But it's uh, changes the foot, and there's nothing they can do to stop it. But they can they can cause a lot of mayhem and chaos for a lot of people, including their own people, with all of these sanctions, etc., which we will just touch on in a minute, um, uh, as a result of their yeah, sanctions against Russia because Russia is evil, whatever. It's just the whole thing is ridiculous. It just another, doesn't. Burn. Another example of the fake news BS from the last four days. The taking of the Chernobyl nuclear plant, mm-hmm. they claimed at one point that one of the domed, now protected reactors had been blown up yep. and now radiation was... Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, the radiation had spiked. The it reality is it's now been guarded jointly. Right. Jointly by the Ukrainian military and the Russian military. Right. Yep. But you know how they'd say that. That sounds like some kind of cooperation. That's horrible. That's terrible. That's counter-narrative, Neil. Stop it. Um... Just go to the last video. I had their Yuki tanks in in uh, in, in Kiev. Um, it's just a short video, and it shows this is Kiev, pretty much central Kiev. It was maybe last night. Um, just play it there. Just a bunch of Ukrainian military equipment being pushed into the middle of Kiev, densely populated, civilian populated uh, area. Our, our, our assessment of the situation is that they're doing that deliberately to protect themselves amongst the civilian population, so we can use the term human uh, shields. Human shields. Um, 
but they're down to that's what they're down to. When when you're doing that, you're pretty desperate, right? Yeah. Uh, although the the Kiev types would do it as a matter of course anyway, right? But um, I've seen video of that in Mariupol. They specifically stationed howitzers between two primary schools. That was in Donbass, in Luhansk. Luhansk. Okay. Uh, no. Uh, well, there's was one with three howitzers in a kind of yeah. in a schoolyard, but there's another video of them with taking in Mariupol taking uh, refuge in a school kind of ground, you know. Um, but what's probably going to happen is they're yeah they're ensconced in the middle of Kiev. They're waiting for the great battle of Kiev, you know, the battle of Stalingrad or some bullshit like that, um, against the Nazis, of course, right? Uh, it is kind of history. Rhyming, but yeah. not repeating yeah. the way the West is saying. And they're hoping, and they'll probably take up positions, Ukrainian military uh, clown shoes forces will take up positions in apartment blocks and wait for the Russians to come in and then try and attack them from there. Now, wherever they have their military, like you saw there, the military vehicles and artillery and stuff and tanks uh, going into Kiev, the Russians will probably uh, identify those with drones, with uh, satellite images or whatever, and... Um, attack them directly, not directly, but remotely, basically, airstrikes or rocket attacks and try and take those out. But then, still, you're, de- you're dealing with uh, Ukrainian infantry, uh, who, I say, who, who, like I just said, is probably going to take refuge in civilian infrastructure and try and attack, try and kickstart some kind of a guerrilla warfare. Yeah. And that is dangerous because the Russians have to eventually move into Kiev and take Kiev and liberate Kiev, let's say. Um, uh, but to do that, if they're dealing with a significant number of Ukrainian military nut jobs in civilian buildings with the family in the room behind them or in the room with them while they're shooting, you know, sniper fire or, you know, RPGs or whatever at any Russian, uh, you know, or uh, infantry or, or any Russian military moving in Kiev, then it gets to a point where you have to attack those locations. Yeah. You can do it as, in as limited way as possible, but... That is where it's going to cause civilian a significant number of civilian deaths that haven't happened. There basically has been, like, pretty much, like, relatively no civilian deaths so far. How many days are we into this? Four. And there's, relatively speaking, for the kind of invasion and what they claim, there's basically been, you know, no direct, you know, no serious civilian casualties so far. Uh, but, yeah, in Kiev, the heart of the nut jobs in Ukraine... Uh, that's where they'll try and create as big uh, a problem for the Russian military as possible, primarily in forcing them in a way or inducing them to to kill uh, civilians, not on purpose, obviously, but by by using them as as human shields. So that's where it could get pretty messy. But, you know, again, maybe it's not nice and we'd all like to live in a peaceful world and stuff, but the last I thought you were anti-war, Joe. Well, we I've live been hearing all this this all week from people. Yeah, no. Yeah, I'm anti-war, but but this is what it is, right? And 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 the U.S. set the rules, right? Um, where they 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 set they set the the standard for when you when you want to invade a country, you just go ahead and you and you kill as many civilians as you want. You know, in Iraq, they killed 1.5 million people. Um, not only that, but they're setting the terms in in in, in sense of uh, pushing Russia pushing Russia. Uh, to the wall or temp- attempting to push Russia to the wall as they have been for quite a long time and pushing past Russia's red lines and not listening to Russia's reasonable um, uh, requests for America and the West to respect their their security 
in the same way America demands that everybody respects their security and Europe demands that everybody respects their security. Apparently Russia's security doesn't matter and the, the America has been pushing, pushing, pushing and has pushed them past the point of, past their, past their limits basically, past, pushed mm. Russia past their limits. Uh, so they're, they're to blame for what's happening. And they're also, they will also to be, be to blame uh, in the, to the extent that, and it is, to the extent that Kiev is, is, a, is a child of, the, the, the gang in Kiev is a child of, um, of the Americans. They're the ones who are deciding to put civilians in harm's way when they could easily make the decision to evacuate or to surrender or you know, go out and meet the Russians outside the city. They have no concern for the civilian population whatsoever. They want them to actually pick up weapons. Yeah. They want people who have no experience with weapons. They, want to, they have given them weapons and told them, yeah, you go on, go toe-to-toe with the Russian, Russian soldiers. It's like... You're just killing your population, and you don't care. Yeah. So that's where it's at, at this stage anyway. What do you think of this theory that the Russians were, are, were, whatever, targeting American biolabs? Yeah, Ukraine? more than likely. Again, with the dam, in, um, in, in opening that dam uh, of, the, of, the, of the canal to, for water to, to Crimea, that's... So that was another specific, another objective. You know, when you're going to do this, we're going to do this as well, type thing. You know, obviously our main objective is, as 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 Putin said, is denazification and demilitarization of Ukraine, so that it can become a neutral state uh, on Russia's borders, which it always should have been, and even a Russia-aligned state, which it, you know, arguably is. If you took, I don't know what the sen- if anybody ever did a census, but there'd be an argument for that Russia. No, they didn't because Ukra- this, this decision was foisted on Ukrainians. Yeah. Sans referendum in 1991 right and one of the people who co-wrote that that ref, that uh, constitution was christia freeland's deputy prime minister of canada's mother mm-hmm. uh, yeah th- yeah there are generational ties here that are the, the depth of it the cia and the ukraine like go back go back to richard galen actually he was the the guy that alan dulles tapped up he was the head of um nazi counter counter espionage in eastern europe so Galen is one of the Nazis. They denat- They didn't denazify it. They didn't send him to Nuremberg. They mm. said they took him to Langley and right. they said, so we'll let you live if you reactivate or re- make, reestablish contact with your Nazi network in Eastern Europe. And one of the main source, the was main Ukraine. support network he had was Ukraine. And from that moment on, Putin actually, I don't know if he intended or not, when he said the denazification of Ukraine, he might have added that this process has yet to take place since 1945. There are elements in Ukraine who are still, like, in their heads, it's still 45. Yeah. Hitler is about to return, you know, and do it with a panzer division from the skies any moment now. Really, they, they deified Stefan, Stefan Bandera, among others. They really do love Hitler. They really do think he was... It's still, it's still 45 for these people. Well, yeah. And that's, part, that's a large part because they've been encouraged... From that time to this, of course, and it's, it's in terms of American foreign policy, American, American government, American governments, the American deep state, the CIA, etc., have always found common cause with extremists around the world in their goal, in their aim to, in their geo, geopolit, geopolitical strategy, in order to attack their neighbours or, or attack their 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 competitors. Yeah. Right? They've always found common cause with extremists like jihadis, Muslim extremists, different extremists around the world at different times. They're the ones they aim and encourage because they know, they know that you know, they're the ones who will take action and they're the ones that can G up 
like Brzezinski talking about a few stirred up Muslims, you know, mm. in, in, in Afghanistan. How and cynical it, was that statement? Uh, that's what America does. And so it's totally by the book in terms of them facilitating and encouraging and funding and arming and uh, that extremist element in Ukraine uh, in order to attack Russia, which is their competitor. So that's the world we live in. But um, yeah, just on the, on the, on the, on the SWIFT thing, they've, yeah, SWIFT is basically just an international um, banking identification system <clears throat> for transfer of funds. So it's not an actual transfer of funds itself. It's just like, you know, you ever heard of, you know, the BIC number or your IBAN number even mm. that you have to put in to show that it's you, it's this bank in this country, this is where these funds are going to. So it's that identification Specific system. bank yeah. account to bank account. Right. Yeah. Uh, so... Um, it's just an identification system, basically. But if you cut Russia off or cut anybody off from it, it means that anything, any any identifier showing a bank coming from or to a bank in Russia isn't allowed to happen. The right. transaction doesn't get to go ahead. So it's the initial notification that this is, I want to do this transfer. And you say, oh, that transfer's going to Russia or that transfer's coming from Russia. Sorry, it's not happening. blacklisted. So they've done it so far with a few banks, but not across the board in terms but of all of Russian uh, transfers of cash, you know, in terms of payment on giving payment mm -hmm. for, for goods received and and uh, receiving payment for goods exported. Uh, they haven't done that across the board. And obviously, they're not going to do it for <coughs> uh, for gas or oil transactions because Europe would quickly freeze, prices would skyrocket, and uh, the Western populations would not be very happy with their own governments very quickly. But so they've done it, done it in a limited way so far, but it doesn't mean that they won't go further because that's the level of hysteria uh, in, in Western politics right yeah. now. Oh, um, uh, RT is back up again. It's been up and down all week long. <laughs> this this non-stop cyber attacks against Russia, of course. Uh, speaking of which, Hillary Clinton couldn't help herself. Couldn't hmm. help herself. She was interviewed on CNN or something. She said, I think we need to launch massive cyber attacks all over Russia, uh, targeting their water supply, all their civilian infrastructure, just like we did during the Arab Spring. Like, holy fuck. Hillary, you're not supposed to say that. That was supposed to be a spontaneous mass uprising for democracy. Right. And she just let on that it was a US-led freaking massive yeah. attack against key governments in the Middle East that set off that firestorm. Right. Like you say, it's just a few stirred up Muslims, you know, yeah. who gives a shit. But uh, uh, so RT's back. So the Bank of Russia, so their central bank, has responded to – there are also specific sanction threats against – the Central Bank of Russia, or is yeah. that included in the package? It's included, yeah. Um, the, 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 uh, previous to SWIFT was they're not allowed to raise funds in international markets. They're trying to cut Russia off from basically, you know, financial, financial transactions in terms of... Because there's two different things. One thing is what Russia produces and what it exports in terms of tangible goods, including mm -hmm. oil and gas and any other goods, and also what it buys in, right? Um but separate from that is how governments and different institutions within countries finance themselves, like buying shares, basically, or, or selling government bonds. bonds. And kind of stuff. You're not selling anything tangible, but you're trying to buy things and sell things at an investment angle. So they've tried to cut, they're basically saying that they're cutting Russia off from that kind of an international investment uh, sphere. That doesn't include, like I said, actual import and export of tangible goods. It's investment, right? It's investment banking rather uh -huh. than the, the exchange of actual goods, you know? And they won't go near gas or oil yet anyway because for the reasons I just gave because Russia's or Europe is so dependent on, on Russian oil and gas um, and also the effect it would have on on the gas Russian or the 
the price of gas and oil in the world if you cut off. Well, it's Russian, already Russian what up sixty, seventy percent this week. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you're, you're suggesting that that's yeah. got a long way to go. If, and there's if, also there's also going to be there's hits already on like export. Like I think uh, between between Russia and Ukraine, they account for twenty five percent of exports of wheat, uh, global exports, global production. Sorry, of wheat. Um, so. And Ukraine obviously is taking a hit in that respect now because there's not a lot of maybe farming going on right now. There might not be if this continues on for long into the spring mm -hmm. when you'll be sowing crops and stuff. So there's, there's going to be a lag obviously because you have a you have storage and all that kind of stuff from previous years. But this will have effects going forward into the towards the rest of this year and into next year in terms of the price of goods. Because once you talk about wheat or between the two of them as well, 80% of the world's supply of sunflower oil. And you think, well, I don't drink much sunflower oil, you know, but sunflower oil goes into an awful lot of it's products. It's a key, awful a lot key of products. product uh, in processed foods. Right. So uh, you're going to see that as well if they, um, if, they, if they hit those kind of exports by, by Russia. Um, and if Russia can always... Have they announced any cancer sanctions? Because they, like, have some key well, they've, sectors. That, they've been uh, circumspent about it and they said it won't necessarily be yeah exactly fertilizer i think earlier before this even started russia said that it was it was stopping exports of ammonium nitrate i think it's like the world's largest exporter of ammonium nitrate which is produced turned into fertilizer basically for farming so again you might have uh, serious uh problems with crop growing because you can't get the fertilizer to make the crops grow right, right? Yeah, um, so it, it helps them survive adverse weather, not just increase yield. Right, exactly. So yeah. if your weather's a bit cliffy this year, uh, for sure, yeah. Um, so yeah. there's many different things, many different ways in which this is is affecting and is going to affect if they follow through with it on the on the sanctions against Russia. And again, it's kind of like ties in with the way we're saying that the Kiev government and the Western governments don't care about the civilian population either of Ukraine or their own civilian populations, they really don't care. And, yeah. if, and if there's some kind of a food shortages and crisis and electricity and gas prices going through the roof and people not being able to heat their homes and stuff, Western governments won't really care that much. They don't fundamentally care that much that people suffer. In fact, they like to see people suffer. Yeah, quite not least the Ukrainian government. The top story at the moment on RT, Ukraine says it will not surrender to Russia. Yeah, for sure. If we're going down, we're taking down our own population with us yeah. kind of attitude. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's fucking crazy. A little puppet hell. regime that shouldn't be there in the first place is is saying that is holding like, you know, their population hostage. Um it's an absolute if there was ever a, a cause for, you know, what do you call them? Um a humanitarian intervention. That's what it is. That's what's happening in Ukraine. You know, Ukraine needs a humanitarian intervention. The Ukrainian people need a humanitarian intervention. That's exactly what Russia is doing. It is humanitarian what they're doing, absolutely. Um, when you when you understand the situation, um, and there obviously there's negotiations and back and forth about negotiations between the Zelensky gang and the Russian a Russian delegation. They agreed a little while ago there today to to go to Gomel in we'll Belarus. We'll see. It's the third attempt. If they go, but again they can go. But the chances are. They'll go to Gommel in, in Belarus over the border and, and sit down and nothing will come out of it. They'll say, no, we don't agree. See you later. So it'll be useless. You know, it's just, mm -hmm. So just the fact that they agree to have negotiations doesn't mean, it, in fact, it's probably unlikely that there'll be any pro anything productive will come out of it. Just as there was nothing productive that came out of Russia's repeated uh, talks and negotiations with, uh, with, the, with the Americans and, and, and others over the past three months, yeah. repeated chats that came to nothing because it was like 
the like talking to the mute or the deaf or whatever, you know. Yeah, as like Lavrov said about Liz Truss. Yeah, yeah, negotiating with a pigeon, basically. <laughs> yeah, and uh, there'll probably be other similarities with Syria where there were nonstop ceasefires. In some cases, they worked. There were ceasefires, humanitarian corridors, and then some jihadi would blow something up to restart it. Mm. Russia and Syria advance. Oh, no, no, ceasefire, ceasefire, and then the process starts. So it'll probably be a stop-start yeah, process. For sure. How long do you think? I mean, if if it's months. Well, the main thing would be to get those people to flee, you know, get them to get the, you know, go and have a, a what do you call them, a... An ex- a government in exile. Oh, Boris in Washington DC. Offered. Boris, come or, to London. Have, yeah. We will absolutely. You know, well, it would, it would be fitting, you know, because the it would kind of like be like the pole, like the 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 poles had a government in exile, and the, the French in, and the French in London. In, in London in the Second World War, you know, against the Nazis. So they it would just be perfect, you know, because Russia's the Nazis. Right. They're invading. We have to go into exile, and we'll from there we'll we'll organize the resistance. Yeah, they'd like to think it'll happen that way, but it won't because there is no resistance of any significance in, in Ukraine. Do, do Once you get rid of the nut jobs in the Ukraine Do British military, politicians believe their own bullshit? Uh, they're delusional at this point. They're, they're clinically insane in a certain sense. They're, there's an argument for them being actually, you know, from the, average po- from the point of view of the average person, they're insane. Yeah. They don't look insane. They don't act insane. But in terms of the, what they think and what they do and how consumed they are by their own... The, the belief in themselves and their own worldview, they're totally detached from reality, right? They, they have, they're in this bubble mm. that is increasingly detached from actual reality. So they talk about, and it all comes across as grand ideas and grand uh, uh, gestures and stuff and freedom and democracy, but it's totally detached from what's actually happening on the ground. So it doesn't sound like they're insane. They're not gibbering idiots, but it just sounds like these lofty, highfalutin words that present them as, you know, the keepers of the international order and freedom and democracy and stuff. And it's like, but dude, we're all starving here. Can you stop talking about freedom and democracy and uh, transgender rights or something? That kind of thing, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it, they sound, they're, they're insane in the sense that they're totally detached. What they say isn't insane, except that it's insane when compared to what's actually happening on yeah. the ground, you know what I mean? John Kerry was interviewed a couple of days ago. Mm. And he said, I kid you not. He said something like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm worried because I'm worried that this will be a setback for our climate change goals." Like, you know, John, Russia's like a DEFCON four here. Yeah. Uh, presumably, in the background, the DC is too. C- can you focus? <laughs> but he's he's thinking of something else. He's worried about obviously. Yeah. He, I don't know if Putin intends it, but this could derail a lot. Of the big wigs' plans, yeah. In to terms what? of in terms of resources, obviously attention, political attention, and decision making, and so on, but also resources and um, yeah, you know what I mean. Like the climate change thing could be. Never mind the COVID thing. What happened to that? COVID it's gone. COVID went away, and it's gone. And it's gone. <laughs> yeah, I wonder now. In hindsight, now I was like, oh, Putin, don't. Don't be going full COVID, please. Uh, you know, it has to be talked down from yeah. throwing him in there with the globalists. Mm-hmm. And the, yeah, he's one of them. They're all listening to it. Yeah. But now in hindsight, I mean, the man is 20 years brought... In, in the job. Well, he alone didn't bring it all to this point. It's a dynamic, of course, between East and West. But he had something in mind, clearly. 
I'm not saying he planned it to the T, what's happening now, but he was a yes man to COVID as a kind of, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Climate change, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, now we act. Now we're going to go invade Ukraine. Let's, let's get back to the important stuff. The stuff that is, you know, necessary for our survival, basically. Yeah, so that's where we're at, basically. So um, there's more to come, obviously. But is there any other, did you notice any questions there? I, I just called out one, but is there any other pertinent questions in the chat, Scotty? <coughs> not that I noticed. That's because you're not noticing. But I haven't been looking at it because they've been fast and coming fast and furious. Fast and furious? Can you scroll up, even though we can't see it on the screen? Yeah, that's what I'm doing now. Okay. Or we can say if anyone has any questions. Yeah. Write yeah. them now so, you know, Scotty can uh, shout them out to us. You notice there was a major uptake in uh, Israeli airstrikes in Syria. Mm. Forcing a statement, well, forcing. The Russians responded with a statement. Obviously, they're a little busy right now elsewhere, mm -hmm. but... Ah, there we go. They said to Israel, to their faces, listen, you're never going to get the Golan Heights. Yeah. That's... Uh, that's something to watch out for because Israel's involved. Like, I know Russia and Israel look like buddy buddies at the biggest level, mm -hmm. but Israel is a key player in what took place in Ukraine mm -hmm. then and now. Mm -hmm. um, for sure, there were rumors of or was confirmed there were Mossad activity in 2014 uh, yeah. involved with the Azov Battalion. Mm -hmm. uh, First question was, where go? Nukes, right? A list of yeah, countries. Heightened, heightened nuclear threat? Question mark. Yeah, probably not. I mean, I know Putin put them on alert today or whatever, but that's not going to happen. Nu nuclear war isn't going to happen for obvious reasons. I mean, we can just explain it by mad, basically. They're not that stupid. They're mad, but they're not that mad. Uh, they know they can't win any nuclear war, so no, and both sides do, so, and they know it would cause, well, the end of the world, so they're not that crazy, right? They're all mm. about control, domination, having their jollies, but not, not going that far, so that's not going to happen. Uh, do you have a list of countries officially supporting Russia? Uh, yeah, actually, well, you can go and look at the Wikipedia page uh, for the list of, of countries officially supporting Russia. Just go to Ukraine-Russia uh, Ukraine Russia war, and you can see the belligerents on the right-hand side. That's a pretty good list. Sanction what about China? Is China officially? Oh, well, China, yeah, obviously China's, China's fully supportive of Russia and all this. And there's, that's another thing we can say is that there's a, a decent chance of sometime in the near future, Taiwan, even though it's a lot smaller than Ukraine, and it would take a lot. <coughs> a lot of people lot, are predicting that. It would be very short, um, but that, that would happen. And that would give the U.S. something else to scream about. Yeah. Uh, and CNN to go and ask children what they thought about it. Um, China has not officially recognized Donetsk and Luhansk. But their statements since then have been supportive, where everyone else is like, oh, my God, he's just this is beyond the pale. Mm. Uh, China is definitely taking a more diplomatic approach. Yeah. Um, well, and, well, there's something else specific that happened. It, it emerged that Joe Biden had called, had a call with someone in Beijing, mm. um, shared some intelligence about Russian troop movements. Mm. And it's since emerged, oh, hoping that China would, you know, Go and talk to Moscow. Do something for mm. us. Help us with this uh, with this Russian madman, will you? It, apparently, the Chinese actually shared whatever intel it was with Moscow. Yeah, well, of course, they're partners. They're they're allies. They're more than allies. But I, yeah, it's of it's course to us. But imagine the, the what kind of how did they not know that that would happen in Washington? Did they like? Yeah. 
they still wishfully think that we can drive a wedge between the maybe, two. Maybe. They haven't got much left to, to, to work with, like, you know. Uh, the other thing was... The, um, Somebody... Well, the most recent one was think there will be some sort of false flag of any sort. And then someone somewhere answered 100%. Yeah. Which is pretty pretty on the ball. Probably. But the thing about it is, uh, since it was revealed that false flags are just par for the course these days by the Pentagon spoke, spokesperson there a couple of weeks ago, that we talked about, false flags are just, that's things that happen. They're not, they don't have that impact anymore, you know. No, they and, don't. And, not and just things are of that, moving but, too fast. Yeah. They'll, they'll be, what, say they tried something. Like, by evening, there's been massive developments that yeah. are swallowed up. Yeah. So, in, in a sense, the entire UK slash CIA side is just one big false flag. Yeah. Their statements, their claims, yeah, it's all fake. Yeah. It's substantially fake, most of it. And false flags in the middle of a war don't get much recognition. You don't get much bang for your buck, you know what I mean? Uh, if you do something like, what, yeah. what are you going to blow up? The point blow, of those... Blow up a power the, station or something? Well, the whatever. point of those is to justify the action you want to take. Well, the U.S. has no physical actions. Right, exactly. It can yeah. take in Ukraine well, they, anymore. It can demonize Russia more. They might you know, blow no, up. No, I mean in Ukraine. Yeah, but blow up. up. It can, but they can demonize Russia by, by further, as if it means anything at, at this point. The, they like don't the care anymore. They can blow up a hospital or something maybe, you know. Or they can ah, of course, they could. They still have reach in Ukraine. That kind of yeah, stuff. I'm sure. Well, under the, you know, by the, the UK's, UK's, yeah, yeah they're under direction by... By, by Langley, but uh, yeah. Did you see the news from Germany? Germany, this is taking me back as well, taking all of us back, 1945. Germany is to rearm. Yeah. $100 billion euro investment in this military. Yeah. It's good for the defense contractors, no? This whole thing. War is great. War is a racket <clears throat> for the defense contractors. Like, look at all their share prices through the roof. My response to that is, it's about time, because that is more... I think the Germans have been coy here. That's more than about defending Europe from Russia. Mm. That's about finally getting Breaking free the from Americans the US. and the British out of... But when Germany rearms, shouldn't they be invaded? Shouldn't... By, by other European countries? Isn't that the way it went in the past? When Germany starts to build up militarily, you start to get concerned, and then... Yeah. Uh, that's only when they go full Hitler. Well... You never know those Germans, dark horses. Did it before. Um, no, because Russia is, the, Russia is their daddy. Russia's, now. Russia's, Russia's the Hitler now. Yeah, Russia's the. No, Nazis. I mean Russia is well Russia, in the propaganda. Russia's the Hitler, but of course, what all of this is really showing us is that Russia is now the arbiter, the decider. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so that's where it's at, folks. Uh, we'll have to, obviously, it's a developing situation. We'll have to see where it goes or whether any of our predictions pan out. But we think that's a fairly good uh, assessment of where we're at, where we've been, and where it probably will go. I think, anyway. But then I would think that. But like I said, we'll just have to wait and, wait and see. But it's in process. And, you know, hopefully civilian casualties can be minimized. Although I wouldn't trust Kiev to help that at all. Quite the opposite, um, but ultimately it's good. Ultimately, it's it's the process of rebalancing of a very imbalanced world order that has caused untold suffering and loss of life over the past twenty years and before that as well. But certainly over the past twenty years, it's been it's been a real um, a really a really bad show because of that significant imbalance. In, in global power in the world and this is part of a rebalancing of that global power and it's ultimately it's only a good thing and of course there's some suffering along the way in any readjustment but it's necessary because otherwise the alternative is not good
Yeah. So we'll leave it there for this week, folks. Okay. We hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks for watching, listening, and commenting. Uh, we'll be back next week with another show. I'm sure there'll be lots to talk about at that point in time. Uh, smash all the like buttons and uh, yeah, have a good morning, evening, afternoon, whatever it is where you are. And see you later. Thanks for watching. See you next week. Can't stop the signal now.